Hey, YouTube, what is going on? Welcome to this week's YouTube plus Quora Live, where I take a few minutes, usually like 15 minutes or so, to answer questions that entrepreneurs have either asked me directly on Quora or questions that I find on Quora that I think are kind of interesting, and I share it in hopes that there's an entrepreneur out there that is looking for some advice or looking to understand how to take care of a problem or an issue uh, or an opportunity in their business and they're not really sure how to and in listening to the answers that are um, given for some of these questions that that would uh, provide an entrepreneur with some direction so let's get started thanks for hanging out on youtube live if you're there hello if uh, you didn't make it to, uh, to be able to watch the live episode, but you are checking this out on a podcast after the fact, or you're watching the video after the fact, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. And uh, make sure to engage with the content because to the extent that you do that, another entrepreneur is able to see this content and potentially benefit from it. So let's get started. What are the crucial differences between balance sheet and income statement in financial accounting every entrepreneur should know. Well, let me begin with grammar. Um, the question probably should read, what are the crucial differences between a balance sheet and an income statement in financial accounting every entrepreneur should know? So I've done a lot of videos about this, but I thought uh, I would answer this question because it is a question that I think every entrepreneur wonders about if they don't have a financial background. So really, really simple. Balance sheet is, what is your business own? What is your business owe and what's left for equity? Your income statement, also known as your profit and loss statement, is what did the business make, what did the business spend, and what was left for profit? So your balance sheet is much like, um, I compare it to like your personal net worth statement for yourself. You've got the assets that you own, then you've got your loans and your credit cards and your liabilities and the things that you owe, and the difference between those two numbers is your net worth. Your balance sheet for your business, same thing. What is your business own? What is your business owe? And what's left in terms of equity? And depending on how many profitable years your business has, your equity in the business will build and hopefully increase the the, um, the overall value of, of your business, so to speak. So the difference, are, the, the the key difference is um, are that they're telling you different things, and most entrepreneurs are fairly comfortable with. Um, their profit and loss statement. So they're pretty comfortable kind of understanding how much money their business made. If you show them their expenses, they'll say, yeah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I understand, so here's my profit. But it's the balance sheet that tends to be the statement that causes the most grief for entrepreneurs because it's got assets and liabilities and current assets and current liabilities and shareholder equity and retained earnings. And it has a bunch of, uh, there's, there's a, a lot of terminology on the balance sheet that many entrepreneurs just simply aren't used to, to hearing or, or the words they just don't use in, in the regular course of, of a day. So balance sheets can be kind of scary and kind of um, um, disheartening to look at if you're an entrepreneur, you don't really know what it is you're looking at. To me, while the profit and loss statement is important, I actually think there's way more value in knowing what your balance sheet looks like because ultimately everything from your profit and loss statement is gonna flow into your balance sheet in the form of retained earnings. So understanding what your business owns, understanding what it owes, really as an entrepreneur gives you a line of sight to what should I be paying attention to? What are my business goals? What are we gonna do different this year than last year? How are we gonna build the value of this business so that someone wants to buy it one day or we just were able to manage it from a distance and know that all of the pieces are in place to be able to have it pay us uh, dividends. So my experience is that the balance sheet 
is way more valuable than the profit and loss statement. But the trade-off seems to be that the balance sheet is also very confusing for entrepreneurs. So those are the crucial differences. Balance sheet is, what does your business own? What does it owe? Uh, profit statement or your income statement is, what did your business make? What did your business spend? Those are the kind of the critical differences. As long as you can stick to that, you're gonna be okay with, um, you know, if there was one thing that you wanted to be better at in your business from understanding the finances of your business is it would be understanding your balance sheet and being able to look at it, walk yourself through it and go, aha, those are all the people we owe money to. These are all of the things that our business owns. And ultimately here is what our business is worth at the end of the day. And then get to work increasing its value. So those are the critical differences. Hopefully uh, you found that a little bit helpful. What makes your business great? How and why? Love this question. In fact, this is the reason I get out of bed every day is because I like uh, being an advisor to some really great entrepreneurs who are trying to build great businesses. I define a great business different than I think a lot of other people would define it. And this is kind of an open-ended question. What does the word great really mean? What is the word, what is a business that's great really mean? Yada, yada, yada. But here's my take on it. A great business is a business that provides uh, a product or service to the marketplace that customers find valuable, are prepared to pay for, and the uh, business itself is not only able to provide that value to the marketplace through a product or service and make people's lives better, maybe even make the world better, but they're also able to provide uh, an opportunity for their staff and the people that work for them, the team that, that support that business, to have um, a, great, a great life, to be able to use their skills and talents within a business that is delivering a great product or service to the marketplace. And so um, on top of all of that, a great business is healthy. A great business, they know their numbers. A great business is able to um, leverage its resources to get a better result every single year and ultimately contribute to the overall health of the economy. So that's what makes a business great. A valuable product and service being provided to the marketplace, a great environment for individuals to use their skills to contribute to those products and services, and overall a business that is contributing to the economy and making a real difference. And so to me, that's what makes a business great. And if you're an entrepreneur running a business right now and you're not really sure, you've never really heard anyone talk about any of those things, then maybe you can start with, you know, do we provide a valuable product or service to the marketplace and how do we know that we're in fact doing that? Um, is our business contributing to the economy? Are we adding, are we giving people more employment? Are we contributing to the tax base? Are we making our communities better? Are we supporting local causes or national causes or global causes? Um, I did a post on my Facebook page today where there's a company on Shark Tank and they make these, these, uh, these lights that can be used in, in areas in the world where um, there has been uh, a hurricane or, or tornadoes or flooding that has, made the, um, uh, that has made it difficult to access power and so this business produces these little lights. Well, that's a great business assuming that their financials are healthy and they've got runway and they've got profitability and all that kind of stuff. But that's a really great business and so I think deep down many entrepreneurs don't necessarily get out of bed every day to be as profitable as they can be but I think that they get out of bed to build businesses that are really valuable that really maximize their skills and their talents and certainly I do that in my limited capacity 
but the entrepreneurs that I'm that I've got a really great opportunity to work with they do that all the time and that's that's really great so what makes your business great and I believe it's a business that's able to take a little bit and make it a lot um, they are able to create great products and service services that the marketplace needs and wants they're able to provide gainful employment to individuals who have great skills and simply need a place to, to utilize them and ultimately the combination of that means that a business is contributing to the economy in a major way and generally raising um, the level for everyone everyone involved hopefully that's not too idealistic for you but that's my answer to the question. What is the right way to ensure your company succeeds in your absence? I haven't really thought about this concept for a while. So when I saw this question, uh, it did get me thinking. It got me thinking about why people start businesses. And you know, you read the rich dad, the poor dad, depending on how you were brought up, you read, read biographies like I do. You sort of just inherently know the answer to this. But ultimately, the right way to ensure that your company succeeds in your absence is to build a business that has the right people doing the right jobs and has systems and processes ensuring that all the gears in the business are turning as they should. And then as the business performs, um, you as the owner or as the entrepreneur should have a feedback loop that gives you insights into where the business is not doing um, the best that it could be doing and so that you can lean in and fix it given your expertise of the product or the service that, that your business provides. So the right way to ensure that your company succeeds is to create processes. Is to create processes that people can use. And I think there's the difference. Um, you know, we're going through this big shift in the marketplace right now where software has become really, really affordable. I mean, really cheap and arguably, you know, could be replacing the job that people have done historically. And I kind of look at it something like this, like over the last 20 years, I've seen human beings used to move data between systems. So you've got your accounting team that typically will transpose uh, timesheets into a payroll system and then and then do journal entries into an accounting system. You've got salespeople who enter information into a CRM system where they're managing their leads and their contacts and their sales opportunities, but there's no tie into the accounting system and then there's no tie into cash flow. So then you got to build an Excel spreadsheet that kind of relates it all. But with each passing day, there's more and more software available to remove the work that a human being has to do to move that information around. So then the question becomes, what do you do with people? And I believe what you do with people is you utilize them more and more each day to do the things that only people can do. And what are they best at doing? Interacting with other human beings. Um, the idea that people sit every day and, and punch information into a spreadsheet, I think is crazy. Um, I think a decade from now, we're gonna look back at that job task and really people did that. But how do you make sure that your business succeeds in your absence? I think you give power to people. I think you let people do what they're really, really great at. You give them the software and the systems to make sure they they know how they're doing and they're able to uh, see the results um, that they're producing so that they can adjust as needed. Um, and then if you give people the autonomy within rules to do a job, you give them the systems to support the job, then the business should just hum, hum and hum and hum and hum and produce the result that you're looking for. And if it's off track, then you should have a feedback loop to show you where it's off track. Is it sales? Is it marketing? Or is it on the operation side? Is it on the margin, the finance side? Um, and that's how, that's how you can ensure that you've got a successful business. And part of that relates back to the previous question, which is what makes your business great? Being able 
to make sure your business succeeds without you is also part of having a great business. A great business that doesn't depend upon one person to produce the products or the services that hit the marketplace, that doesn't depend upon one person, the founder or the entrepreneur, to show up to make sure that people are being utilized to their capacity um, and contributing their skills and their talents towards the product or service being given to the marketplace. And so they kind of fit hand in glove. A great business is one that succeeds in the absence of the entrepreneur so that the entrepreneur can direct the strategy and the vision and can go and set the course that the company then follows and, uh, and achieves. So let people do the job that you want them to do, let them use their talents and their skills, and then put systems and software around them to make sure that they know how they're doing and to make them efficient and effective at what they're doing so that you don't need to show up every day to make, make, to make sure people are doing their job. All right, I think I'm only gonna answer one more question today. And uh, again, kind of a little bit more on the idealistic side, but what should all aspiring entrepreneurs know about developing a business strategy? Well, this is, I mean, this is a question that, you know, interesting business strategy. I think entrepreneurs would, would probably all answer this question a little bit differently. Uh, to me, strategy, different from tactics. So strategy would be more like, um, what is it we're trying to do? And tactics, business tactics would be, how are we going to do it? So uh, what are we trying to do? We're trying to deliver a product or service to the marketplace that's going to make people's lives easier. Uh, fill in the blanks with the particular product or service that you provide. The tactics are we're going to use Facebook marketing, door-to-door -door salespeople, uh, Google AdWords, webinars, seminars, newsletters, direct mail to get our message to the marketplace so that people know we have this product or service that's going to make their life better. So real basic, that's the difference between strategy and tactics. So what should all inspiring entrepreneurs know about developing a business strategy? I'm of the belief recently that all business strategies should be centered around a business becoming the single best provider in a market or in a piece of, in, in a sliver of the market, a niche of the market, um, and become the best at that. And their strategy should involve them being better than any other provider of that product or service so that they get to the top of their niche, they're the best provider of it, which means they're making the best profit margins compared to everyone else in the space. And then that means that they become a market leader. So the strategy would be, how can our business be a leader for this market or this market segment that needs this product or service or this problem solved? And how do we become number one? Because if we become number one, we will be more profitable than number two through 200 if there's 200 other companies in the space, but that should be the business strategy. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you're trying to figure out a business strategy, it's important to know your product, your service, it's important to know the value that you're bringing to the marketplace, but ultimately your strategy should be based around how do we provide the best experience to the customers in the marketplace that want this product or service and the value that we provide through that experience is going to propel us to number one. That's going to be our strategy and going to make sure that we're really profitable compared to our closest competitors. Because the truth is, if you're not number one, you're number two and you might as well be number 200 because your margins are not going to be as healthy as they could be. You're not going to be generating enough cash flow to create a healthy business. So you've got to have a strategy that puts you at the top of your market niche, whatever that is. And you got to define that. Like you really have to spend some time understanding who is our customer, who are the other businesses in the marketplace that serve that customer, and then 
Can we become number one? If we can't, then let's further define our marketplace so we can become number one in that marketplace. So um, probably the easiest example, because I'm closest to it, um, is in the renovation business. Okay, um, we're in the home renovation business. Well, guess what? Lots of businesses are in the home renovation business. Okay, we're in the, we're in the renovation business of renovating basements and garages, but not kitchens, not bedrooms, not basements, not backyards. We are garages and basements only. That is now a well-defined marketplace that has, of course, other, other competitors, but it's definable enough that you can now say, we're going to be the best in class at doing this. We're going to look at what our competition is doing. We're always going to be doing a better job, not just by, by revenue. We'll let revenue be the goalkeeper for us, but in terms of how we provide the service and the level of value that we provide through the experience. So we're simply going to be better than everyone else. So you're not just a renovation business. You've narrowed, the, you've narrowed your market down to specifically identify the type of renovations you're doing. Or maybe you're a mortgage broker or a real estate agent. It's the same idea. I sell homes. Okay, well, who do you sell homes to? Well, anyone that wants to buy a home. Okay, well, that's a really big market. Really tough to become number one. Okay. I sell homes in a community to first-time home buyers that don't have any children, are just married, and are moving out of an apartment or a condo into their first home. Boom! Now you've defined a marketplace, that community, that customer, and then you get to work on developing a strategy that would see you become the number one provider of that product or that service um, through the value that you deliver in the customer experience that, that people have. So that's it. That's all I've got for you today. Um, hopefully you found these ramblings interesting. If you did, please make sure to like, share, rate this however you can, because to the extent that you engage with this information, it means that someone else is going to get a chance to see it. And indirectly, you may have uh, influenced the trajectory of another entrepreneur's life because you put them in touch with this um, content without even knowing it. So that could be your charitable act for the day. So really appreciate you joining. Um, I'm going to be here again next week answering questions, so jump on Quora, ask them directly to me, um, or drop a message into here, uh, like my Facebook page, put a comment in there, and I'll make sure to get to your question, and uh, appreciate you hanging out.